okay, well, we'll, we'll try this again. So again, this is George doing a, an Unfair Advantage uh, podcast today solo. Normally I go with Bill from our, our home office as well. But I'm in Monterey Car Week this week and stopped up here in Davis, California to Tude Bennett, who is uh, an institution, I believe, in this space. Uh, when talking about older Audis, especially older Audis in America. Uh, I'm here with Andrew Bennett. So Andrew, thanks for making time today, especially a second time around. Yeah, (laughs) thanks for coming by, good to see you. Thank you. I know you guys do some more modern cars too, but this is where my heart is. As we stand here in your your showroom, we're looking at a Ur Quattro that looks like a Sport Quattro, we'll get to that in a minute. An S8, and that's uh, a bit special too. and a bunch of other things. But first, if I may, uh, I wanna jump back because um, when we recorded this, we touched a little bit on, on your history, where you guys came from, and, and also how that intertwines a bit with Audi Club. So maybe if we start at the very beginning, you, you said you were doing motorcycle racing motocross, or? Yeah, I, I, Ken and I both grew up on a- Your brother Ken. Yeah, brother Ken. And I grew up on a farm homestead in uh, Western Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wh- if so, I may ask, where whereabouts? Uh, Beaver County. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that's maybe 45 minutes outside of uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Pittsburgh's actually another cool old Audi town with some Wickley car store and, yes. and uh, uh, some, well, pl- some my, folks up there. My, uh, my grandparents lived in Sewickley Heights. So oh, really? I, I, I went to church camp in Sewickley. That was my, Did you? my summers. Any, so. any, well, that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down, but I know because so quickly car store, the Audi dealer there yeah. uh, built a couple early 20 valve or quattros in the space too. So were you, did you have anything, is that just coincidence or was that? Totally coincidental. Yeah, we, we got to talk with them uh, and, and have some conversations about a few of the things they were doing yeah. at the time. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, that's been a while. That's funny because there aren't a lot of players in that space and, and that you're from there too. All right, so, sorry, I interrupted you. You were motorcycle racing with your brother. Yeah, basically we, we were afforded a few uh, opportunities to by trial by fire to learn how to work on engines because there wasn't a whole lot else to do uh, on the farm. We, we, you know, rode our bicycles and uh, BMX, that kind of thing. And uh, my, my dad had an old Honda 90 and he, he's not a mechanic, uh, but he is a, a very uh, a supportive uh, mentor. So he encouraged us to go ahead and try to figure out how to, how to fix things and make them work. And uh, that's, that's where we really learned, uh, just by trial and error, how, how engines function, and, uh, how, to, how to make uh, something out of almost nothing. <laughs> so trained in a pretty, in a pretty self-taught but natural way. Yes. So, yes. so we touched on earlier. At a certain point, you start buying Audi Quattros because, yeah. at the time, they were high performance and affordable. Yeah. Right. Uh, just out of high school, um, looking looking for a, a car, it became apparent that uh, the Audi Quattros were uh, the most car you could buy for the money there was there, there appeared to be no better value and even even um, because of the unintended acceleration debacle 
even the Audi 5000s from the 70s, uh, uh, 78, 79, 5000s, and 5000 diesels, all that stuff was worth almost nothing. So, so, so really quick catch up for the people who, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, what year would you have been buying that car, if I may ask? Um, 88. So that's right in the heart of it. 89, I think that's 90. All of it was just, uh, so, the market was decimated for so late 80s, unintended acceleration happens. And that's 60 Minutes does a story on, I don't know if you ever read, I actually did a lot of research on that at a certain point because I think I share in the, the, nerd, the nerd thing, but it was interesting that unintended acceleration rates, I forget it was Car and Driver and Broden Track, one of the two did a, a statistical look at rates of, of unintended acceleration claims against cars and it, it was directly correlatable to the position of the pedal to the, the gas pedal to the brake and the further apart they were the less instances right. you had them so um, but 60 minutes for example car and and they had this scare and and of course it was a big calamity for Audi back in that time because yeah. it, it very quickly made people concerned about their safety and whatever even though it was it was I think at this point largely proven to be user error on, in somewhat, very tragic cases and a lot of somewhat I I uh, I thought it was a little more of a, a myth and a poorly handled <clears throat> PR problem until actually pretty recently. Oh really? Yeah, when we had a, a car in that had this problem and I I experienced it, uh, believe it or not myself. Did you really? First time like like about eight years ago, um, and uh, what happened now that I've, I've experienced it for myself is that there was just no brake lockout for the, and there was no starter lockout function for the shift select. Oh. So, um, so what I what happened to me was I was in a bit of a rush moving a customer's car, started the car. And um, I immediately slapped the shifter into drive. Um, and all of this was able to happen without requiring the brake pedal to be depressed. So once yeah. that happens, uh, the car immediately starts moving. So if, then if you have the added problem of a, of a brake pedal yeah. that is, is uh, conf could be confused with the, the throttle pedal and vice versa, right. then um, I actually accidentally hit the throttle pedal and it, instead of the brake and the car, the car surged forward. That was, I, back in the day, one of the other, it was, I remember reading the stories, car and driver and, and road and track, and one, the other one did an interesting, it was a psychological thing where they, they looked at, uh, they wired up a car to accelerate if you hit the brake. Right. So the the what they were trying to test was would the car would the, rather the driver lift or push harder, and in most instances you if you think you're on the gas you or sorry you think you're on the brake you go deeper into deeper. it and the car yeah. is that similar to what happened to or did you realize what was going on and left off? I just got lucky. I got lucky that there was nothing in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And because I. You know, I had I had thirty feet to stop the car, yeah. and I needed probably fifteen of that. Yeah, did you? Without hitting anybody, but and 
just luck, just luck that there was uh. nothing in front of me or it would have been a big mess. Uh. Um, so, but really, Audi, I think, understands that they, and, and in general, I think the corporate world understands that it's not okay to uh, try and um, ignore uh, a, right. a consumer concern. Yeah. And uh, nobody's, nobody would try to just ignore something like that. Right. I, they took it very seriously, which is, I think, yeah, back then, I think probably what even made it a bigger deal was, yeah. was that, right? Yeah. Which is perhaps self not self-inflicted, but you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm sure that, that just made it a bigger yeah. concern. I think back then they did shift lockouts too, so I'd be interested. They, you know, that, they added it. They, yeah. They added it. The car I was driving was a European uh, uh, import. It was a gray market import car. Um, pretty rare, unusually nice car that is it's like many of our customers. It, it lives a lot of its life in the garage, yeah. and it just came to us to get some service and uh, light restoration work done. Yeah. And it just it, it somehow snuck under the radar and didn't get the recall done. Yeah. They just probably never took it in. Yeah. And too busy with other things and that, that, so that I got to experience <laughs> well you know it's interesting and fascinating that you are probably one of the most qualified people to go through the experience oh, so yeah what a I weird would, I wouldn't wish it on anyone no it's I bet really terrifying well I mean yeah and, and in situations like that yeah. try when things did happen tragic so yeah. whomever's you know the, the blame doesn't really matter per se it's still right. tragic but um that's a whole other rabbit hole, I suppose. Let's yeah. let's get back to you. So you're buying these cars affordably uh, yeah. because the the market value had dropped out because of this uh, right. sixty minutes thing. Right. So uh, yeah, we were able to uh, buy buy cars uh, that might might have needed a little bit of repair and just apply uh, the skills we'd learned from General Automotive Repair to to Audis. And then are you, are you still in Pittsburgh at the time? Or had you moved no, out here by then? No, moved, um, whole family moved to, relocated to Davis, California uh, in the uh, early 80s. Okay. 83, 84, uh, relocated uh, just for uh, uh, my dad wanting uh, a change of scenery, really, and just wanting to have a... Time is a little more temperate here. Yeah, bigger life yeah. experience. So he had an opportunity to come uh, work for the... Um, State of California Department, uh, well, the, the State Library, and uh, so, and he's he's been a, a, uh, something of an adventure guy his whole life. So he, uh, uh, we're all really happy that he decided to yeah. to make that move happen and um, relocate the whole the whole family. Yeah. So so out we came, and uh, although we we still do enjoy visiting the family uh, farm in, in uh, Beaver, Pennsylvania yeah. uh, once every year or two. Uh, th this uh, California has so much going on sure. and the pace of, of uh, uh, development and uh, education. And, uh, when, and frankly, if you were in the business of maintaining these cars yeah. uh, out there, rust happens and yeah. Uh, you know, living out there, I'm living in eastern Pennsylvania, but, but living out there, I, you know, I can tell you yeah. 
I have an old 4000 and I found it out here, right, and shipped right. it back because... Right. No, it's true, it's true, yeah, like, it's, it's like anything, if you're too bogged down with just trying to get the basics yeah. going, like, trying to get the rust off of the car, then you're kind of, you're kind of exhausted yeah. by the time you get to the point where it, you need to, you can start working on upgrades. Yeah. So, yeah, we're really fortunate to have so many nice examples around us that are totally corrosion free yeah. and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect environment for preservation. Just keep them, keep them out of the sun, really, yeah. that's the trick, keep them covered. So yeah. at what point do you guys decide you want to start uh, to Bennett? You mentioned you had raced a little bit, you did a couple races on the East Coast. This is after you started the company, before? Uh, well before. Okay. Before, yeah, in, in the uh, late 80s, maybe around 1990, I, I think uh, Ken attended his first uh, Virginia City Hill Climb event and saw the, uh, the Sport Quattro's uh, being run by uh, Bedore, Bedore thing. Frank Bedore, who started Audi Club. Yes, and he, he, shared, he shared that with me and he was really inspired by how capable these cars were. And uh, we, we did, um, a little more development on on our personal uh, Audi Quattro's, uh, pushing a little more into the performance space with what what uh, knowledge we had from uh, racing motorcycles as kids, so, uh, racing so you, motocross, racing BMX bikes, and all that stuff. So to be specific, you were racing or Quattro's, like long wheelbase or Quattro's, or were you racing sedans? We we. For the first event we did at uh, at Lime Rock Park, we we took a um, we both drove there in one Audi 4000 Quattro, and uh, it had been slated for doing a turbo conversion, but it was still running the stock engine. Um, we had we had done some R and D work on uh, improving the suspension, so it had it had coilovers and it had. Uh, some brake improvements, uh, which made a huge difference in, uh, over stock. Um, but um, yeah, we really felt like it was underpowered. But we were, we were just excited to do a do a track day with the Audi Club. So that Lime Rock event was our, our so first the, event. So the Lime Rock was a club. Audi event? Club. Okay. Uh, Audi Club North America sanctioned event and you know I don't know how many they had even done at that point I, I got the impression it wasn't their first yeah but it, it, it's possible it was we had touched on this before I again before I had my technical malfunction but but you uh, you were in and around uh, and, and met Frank knew Frank um, but or uh, who'd started the Audi Club uh, I assume it was a small family back then as it is with Audi Sport often today with Joe Hoppin uh, kind of in the space Frank Frank especially um, one of the things we touched on is I think this is a real uh, that you know that time uh, and there are others around the country that know that time very f it's it's getting to be a smaller number of people because uh, the people who are active in that space some of the bigger players Frank and Joe in particular are unfortunately now gone um, yeah Joe wasn't wasn't so active in the Audi club he was definitely active in uh, Audi in, sport d yeah in and also in the aftermarket tuning of um, the street legal Audis. Oh, was, that's US. later though, right? Like it, after, 
Um, Miami. Yeah, Joe Hoppin, Joe Hoppin Motorsport. Right. Um, I don't know really when they were founded. I, I would think, you know, he, he was he was heavy with um, Volkswagen. Right. And with their their um, race program. And um, Frank really just jumped into it, uh, uh, maybe even as, a, as coming, coming out of um, uh, seeing uh, Audi's success in rally and just seeing that these these sport quattros were they were the state of the art so so as i as i've been told and correct me if you know more it, at a certain point frank decides he wants to audi was not selling sport quattros in the u.s these were the uh, I, I probably most of these our audience will know already but they're the short wheelbase hum, uh, homologation rogue cars for group b development or that they, they were developing the group b racers so uh, the wider body, and so Frank, I think you said bought three, or brought three into the country. That's right. I'm, I'm, pretty sure he he got three of them, and um, they may, at least one of them may have first gone to, uh, to a, a tuner, in, um, in Europe to have a race engine. Oh no, kidding. Installed, uh, but yeah that. When they competed with them, they, they were, for the most part, uh, the Bedors were, for the most part, using race race motors, uh, n- not street version motors. I, I wonder how that, uh, I think I've driven one of the cars. Mm-hmm. Um, Audi of America has a red one, and I'm pretty sure that's one of Frank's. I think he left it to them, Yeah. Um, which is, it's, it's a great car. It's got a... You know, under the ashtray, there's a an old old school radar detector, and right. and uh, it's got the as I understand rare the factory cage, um, so it's okay. behind all the. Okay. Anyway, but but it awesome. doesn't have a race engine. Okay. So. Yes. Yes. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder if they if uh, the club still has it. Uh, Audi still has the red one. Audi, um, Audi has the red one. Okay. I, I I was told yesterday the club may have been given one too. Um, yeah, the club. The club have. They don't have one any longer. I don't know what happened to that. Yeah. Um, some, some lucky, some lucky collector. Yeah. Probably got, yeah, yeah. got a good deal on it um, before before that market started creeping yeah. upward. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, um, at some point, I'd love to pick your brain more about yeah. those early days. But but we're here, obviously. To again, I'm sorry. I'll go down rabbit holes all day. So. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. I don't want to take too much of your morning, but yeah. but uh, I'd love to hear more about your shop, particularly projects. Do you want to start with the, the, the elephant in the room, which is the, uh, the Urquatro, the, or the icon in the room, rather? Yeah, um, we're looking at a 1983 uh, Urquatro, which started as a um, uh, U.S. import uh, street legal car, and it's been developed over the past 20 years um, with um, just about every part of the car um, uh, being improved to make it more uh, track worthy and now as it sits has uh, our uh, carbon fiber and carbon Kevlar um, sport uh, wide body system and it's the long wheel base version so it has quarter panels that are improved versions of the Audi Sport um, competition panels and uh, they have an extra fine finish um, because the race panels 
were, were never really intended to look that great. They were, they were intended to function great, but um, now the way we uh, made the molds uh, have, have a, a street quality finish to them. So front ends uh, looks basically like a road sport quattro uh, so far as I can just spitballing it. it and there's some great detail work here, whether it's the, the you know, obsolete parts that I see, so not available. Um, grill, uh, grills both in the bumper, which is unique to Sport Quattro, the Sport Quattro's own bespoke grill, and then the grills in the hood, all all trim pieces that, that one can no longer get. You're making those as well? Correct, yeah. We, we make all of the panels. We, we were able to make our molds um, from original Sport Quattro panels, so the fit and finish is, is uh, as good as it was on the homologated um, Sport Quattros. And uh, we build those panels only to order. There, none are built spec speculatively. We, we wait until an order uh, has been placed and a job is in, in queue for assembly and then we, we get the molds out and we, we build um, a, a set to order. Are they produced here? In-house, yes. Yeah. In -house. Carbon fiber uh, with carbon Kevlar reinforcements uh, as, as appropriate um, to make sure that the, the, a track version car is a little more on the light side and a street version car is, is more on the durable and uh, top quality finish. So this kit, uh, or this this package, whatever we would call it, mm -hmm. is comprised of just eyeballing it, uh, hood, uh, front bumper, all the associated grills with that, quarter panels, the front quarter panel modeled off Sport Quattro road car? Correct, Sport Quattro fenders. Rear uh, side sill and rear quarter modeled off of fenders from a wraith, the, the long, long wheel base. Uh, competition cars from around 84. Um, and then rear bumper, I assume, um, we're standing in the front, but I'm assuming, yes. do you do, I, I know some of the competition cars, I think they had uh, um, additional cooling at the rear with a larger fin, do you do that as well? Or is that, that looks like a factory uh, fin at the rear, like the road car, the road sport quattro, is that any different than the Ur quattro or is that the same thing? Yeah, some cooling was installed back there you know, as they as they were really um, working on trying to get the the weight distribution oh, right. uh, yeah. optimized, um, the um, oil scavenging, oil uh, dry sump systems would be placed in the back, fuel cell in the back, um, oil cooling uh, also in the back. Um, so you'll you'll see various versions like perhaps on an evolution model um, that might have even more things in the back. But for the most part, what we're, what we're really focused on in our restorations is cars that one can enjoy every day and um, that can sneak through um, emissions and can uh, really be something that can, can be in your garage and uh, started up and trusted to run and trusted to to do everything it's supposed to do and just make it look easy so an augmented experience if you will for uh obviously the 
the earlier Quattro's very special cars, and but but not terribly in today by today's modern standards fast. Um, I'm this I'm just looking at it, gonna guess uh, quite a bit faster. The un, underneath the skin, um, I, you know, I can look in. I see Recaro's. I see a cage. Is that the cage? Uh, yours as well? Yeah, built in house. We built that cage probably uh, uh, 2003, 2002, maybe. Quite a while ago. And maybe even earlier. And that, that's something that if, if an Arquatro owner comes in and wants yeah. you guys to do that build, that's something that you guys can right, to do today. Right, there's really, there's really nothing that comes to mind that, that we won't do um, on an Audi, um, uh, just so it's an Audi. You yeah. know, we, we, we're, we're really diversified in our skill set, um, but we just, for the sake of, of specialization and for the sake of staying focused, yeah. we'll only do it on Audis. So, I mean, you can see the diversity just right here. We'll get to the, the other cars in a moment, but uh, really quick summary of anything else that might be in this car. That uh, I know you guys... Suspension is a big thing for you guys, and the people who own these early B2 cars are, uh, and other chassis older Audis are looking for a suspension upgrade, often come to you guys, you're a staple. Um, I'm assuming that's your, yeah. your coilover. That's right, uh, yeah. And what other? Coilover system. The, the coilovers in, in this car are, are uh, one of our most popular products to date for mail order shipment. So we'll, we'll take a set of uprights that might be corroded and um, just in need of general uh, restoration anyway. And that while we're while we're doing the finish and um, structural restoration, we'll uh, go ahead and do upgrades to our coilovers. Have a conversation with the customer about how they're going to use the car, because obviously uh, the ride quality on a on a street car. Uh, is is not going to be the same as it is for a uh, a competition car. So we'll choose the right valving for the shocks and the correct uh, spring rates to and the range of ride height adjustment to suit what the what the customer really wants. So tailored to their needs. Every every set every time. Um, let's see here. What else might I'm trying to to inventory in my head uh, either. Uh, work or product you guys create. You've got uh, obviously upgraded brakes on this thing. Um, yes, I'm sure there. that's not a stock motor. <laughs> right, it's an RS2 engine. Okay. Uh, RS2 drivetrain for the most part. Really? So the six-speed? Six-speed. It's a yep. It's an original RS2 six-speed motor. It was uh, new, old stock. Uh, installed new when we when we did the conversion. Fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, the RS2 motors are are incredible uh and they uh they fit perfectly you know you yeah can tell you can tell that it was designed around this chassis and uh, so we, rs2 briefly uh just background again for the reader so late late probably the last and greatest factory five cylinder uh 315 horsepower developed by porsche and sold in a wagon only in europe that's it so yeah now importable they're old enough to import but so i've heard so yeah. i've heard i've yet i've yet to yet to really see any uh that that fall into that that uh, classification but yeah. yeah we're fortunate enough to work on a few of them for for uh gray or 
more or less black market cars that are that are already in the U.S. Okay. Uh, and uh, the the folks that own them are are just ecstatic to have them, and it's exciting to see what's happening with their value as yeah. they become more and more of a uh, recognized icon. I, I met a guy this year at Waterfest who. Uh, he he lives in New Jersey and he just imported one. But it, interesting that you talk about value. It's as you know you have this constantly moving wall of 25 years old, right? And the stuff that's I, I, whether it's you know in the Audi space the RS2s or whether it's like um, you know BMW 3 Series Tourings. You you have the cars that are qualified and the price has gone like this, and then you have a year out that they're kind of like lower. This guy actually has bought a car from 95, so he's hoping to to bring that in. <laughs> He's got it par- stored right. over there because he figured he'd get in on it while it's cheap. But anyway, um, all right, so I'm, I, stock is, RS2 is 315. Did you, I assume you guys, any other additional build details on that motor or the configuration with it? Uh, it's mostly the supporting systems that needed to be enhanced, like um, bigger oil cooler, um, larger radiator, um, and uh, improved software and we uh, we have an upgraded turbo on that car uh, so it, it it's really a pleasure to drive it, it also has a, a special um, shifting uh, system that um, uh, makes the the accuracy of the shifting like no other or quattro it, it's been converted to to use a cable system oh so uh, it, it it's it, it's is that something you guys developed? Really accurate, yeah. No, there, it's not. It's a uh, it's a product that um, we um, import okay. uh, for uh, for more track oriented applications, typically. This car clearly, whether it's the studs or the, the brakes, the cage. I'm assuming it's a track oriented car. That's it. Yeah. Track only. Track only. This is not not. It it it's still on. It's still legal registered. Is it plates? Um, but uh, it, it it doesn't see any time on the street. Got it. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else we w- we ought to touch on in this car before we start showing your diversity? Well, no. I'm just glad I got to show you a, a completed, um, built out, um, set of the panels. We don't we don't always have uh, the in this customer's car here to show, but we've got another one that's that's really in a skeletal form right now with the panels being um, uh, installed um, this month and uh, next month. So uh, fun fun to see the kind of a before and after. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to seeing that. What's sitting next to it um, looks like a a um, an a D2 S8, but something different. A yeah, very yeah, yeah, that's right. Long wheelbase. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, a, a customer uh, who had um, an S8 when they were new, I believe, um, back um, many years ago. A D2 S8 uh, parted with the car uh, a few years after buying it new, and. Uh, just decided recently that he wanted to get back into uh, something that was a little more um, of a modern classic. So he found a nice A8L, uh, I'd say an exceptionally nice one, 
um, and uh, shipped it to us and asked that we go through the car from head to toe and um, not only restore it um, back to uh, like new condition, but also uh, integrate the best of the S8 to make it uh, something Audi never never built, or at least never brought to the U.S. market, which is... Did they do a long wheelbase in S8 in Europe? Not, I don't think they I'm did. Not that I'm aware of, but uh, I, I, I always try to leave those things open. I, I <laughs> right, right. There's, there's always exceptions to rules, or so it seems. Sure. But anyway, so, so we, we um, upgraded this car as well. So it seems like we, we grabbed some of the last of the new parts from the Audi bins when we built this car. Because you know, since we built this car two years ago, we've gone back to restore another couple of D2s and 80% uh, of the parts we bought for this car are no longer available. Really? They're, they're so, gone. So not just moved over to Audi Tradition and gone? Gone, gone. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, do you work with Audi Tradition at all to get those parts or is that still, I know a lot of people in this I, have I a do, challenge getting I to do. that. I do, I'd say we're probably about as successful as anyone at, at uh, gleaning some of the parts from Audi Tradition, um, just from persistence. Um, but unfortunately Audi Tradition just doesn't have the funding they need appropriated to organize what they have uh, and so so I understand it yeah. um, it's it takes such a such a big volume of resources to to bring that stuff to the buying public uh, so even though there's there's a demand there's a lot of enthusiasts that that would love to be able to buy things um, um, it's hard to know whether Audi tradition even has the things um, that people need, uh, let alone be able to uh, efficiently um, take an order and then package it and ship it, and it, it's a lo logistics uh, giant. Yeah. And um, it's it's uh, it's not it's not an easy uh, problem to fix. I th I think one of the other challenges, probably unique to the Audi brand, is. Um, They've never told me this, but I, you can just kind of do the math from a business case, is you look at other brands that Audi competes with, BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, um, and, and the business that is the classic parts at any of these places, even Volkswagen, um, is reliant upon a, volume, a certain volume of classic cars. Uh, and one of the, I think, things that makes uh, companies such as yourselves so special is there, there are simply not a lot of volume of these cars in comparison to say a BMW or, or a Mercedes who were making cars through the 60s and 70s, uh, early 70s when Audi largely isn't active yet. They, you know, they kind of dropped off uh, from a production or a new model standpoint uh, after the war. And of course they're, you know, they're NSUs and Audi unions, but, but um, really until after Volkswagen picks them up from Mercedes, do we really get, and then there were Quattro era, we really get the, the desirable, you know, high performance uh, classic cars. So, um, you know, where Mercedes can do all these older cars that they built in the 60s and 70s, Audi simply doesn't have that inventory that Mercedes does. Yeah, that's true. I, our, our story with Audi really picks up around 1980 when the Audi Quattro is introduced. 
and um, I do find the the history prior to that fascinating yeah. and and somewhat relevant, but uh, we don't we don't have the depth of knowledge prior to that um, uh, the way the way things really get hot. Uh, with the Urquatro. yeah, and uh, yeah, so we we've we've always we've always been um, intrigued and um, supportive of the Audi Quattro since we since we opened in '96 because that's where the sports car uh, fanatic element plays into uh, the Audi uh, Quattro history. Yeah. But over time, we've we've um, grown to uh, love and support um, not only the uh, early um, Audi Quattros, but the whole product line through its evolution. Because we, we do, the majority of what we do actually is uh, service work and um, some performance tuning work. Um, so we, we, we're constantly learning more about uh, Audi as as the technology uh, evolves. So uh, worth plugging that side of the business because I think it's great support in general. Um, I know for myself, having an older four thousand, uh, I have an eighty four uh, Quattro, right? So it's cool. it's a it's a cool kind of uh, niche car, not terribly fast, but but it's finding somebody who can who can, uh, it, it, well, that's a different servicing experience than probably the TT Mark I or, or you know, uh, B5s and other stuff I see in your parking lot. But, but you probably know, my greatest fear when I take that thing in for any repair is that something obsolete will break. Right. Or get damaged. Sure, sure. So you guys service a lot. I'd imagine Davis certainly, but you have a, a pretty large customer base, I have to imagine. We, we do. We, it, it's nice to hear compliments from our local customers every week, you know, where someone says, you know, I'm just so happy that we happen to live near a shop that is so enthusiastic about these cars because I love my car. Yeah. And it's nice to know that um, it's going to kind of get fixed properly. Uh, and uh, But we, we also hear that from customers that believe it or not, will ship their cars across the country because they just don't want anyone else really working on it. So they'll, they'll wait a year or two and let a few problems develop and then, then uh, ship it in to be with us for a few months. <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just freshen it up and maybe, maybe do a couple more improvements. And, uh, uh, yeah, which, which is great. We, we, love, we love being able to uh, uh, have them continue to enjoy their their special cars well so so back to the s8 um yeah. is uh, so if you can walk me through you did full restoration yeah um, yeah with with this car um like i said it, it really started out pretty nice but uh you know that's just compared to what's out there available to the general public uh and um i mean looking to, at it, it's a black car there are no chips on the front of this thing it's pretty no, pretty pristine now now, now it, it's really it's uh it's concourse quality car uh, and uh, we we went through every system and um, 
the mechanicals included an engine um, refresh um, and a new factory transmission and all new cooling hoses and um, radiator, condenser, compressor, alternator, you know, all, all of those things that just will eventually wear out. And the D2, in my opinion, is, is one of the most reliable, well-built Audis that's ever, ever been. Really? Um, we, we have a couple of them. I, I have an A8L that I love to commute in, D2 A8L, because it's just so pleasant to drive. But um, they're, they're extraordinarily well-engineered. And um, with this one, when we, when we did our restoration work, we um, replaced the seats with the S8 style sports seats and we replaced the steering wheel with a new S8 uh, wheel and airbag and uh, we uh, put the S8 uh, Avus style wheels on it. The suspension got upgraded with two Bennett uh, working, uh, focused more on uh, ride quality and an S8 ride quality so you have, you have um, a more controlled ride, heavier spring rates, but still very comfortable for daily driving. That ride height looks bang on with like the European yeah. European height S8. Yeah. I don't know if that was, but I'd imagine that was uh, by design. It was, but it was, it, it, yeah. It, well, the, the ride height is adjustable now. Um, we have a technique we use for making the, the shocks um, uh, ride height adjustable, but still uh, retaining uh, OEM. Uh, type springs and spring purchase, so uh, that that's a that's a big hit with um, with the more conservative owners that really want to make sure that not only they're enjoying the ride quality, but their significant others are also improving. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really about just making the cars uh, fun, and it's no fun if. If you if you miss the mark on any of this stuff, so it's it's just about uh, it's about being a little more uh, reserved on how far you go with mods and you know respecting the incredible engineering that was was done on them in the first place. Yeah. Just maybe making it match the customer's needs. The headlights you got to love those. Those are those are obsolete now too, unfortunately. Um, but they're just. Perf stunning when they're new perfectly clear yeah perfect perfectly clear uh lenses all the way around and um paint without any swirl marks in it and it, it, it just they're, they're really beautiful cars no i i see i think you mentioned when i first arrived this car is uh well some of these are customer cars or or shop cars. this car is available right for sale if, if somebody's yeah. interested in yeah yeah our client that had us um build it for him uh, really enjoys the car and he had a lot of fun driving it for a while but uh, he's um, he's decided uh, that um, he wants to part with it and um, that really doesn't um, uh, sound too bad for anybody that that happens to be in the market for for one of these cars uh, it, it's pretty extraordinary value and uh, it, we ran it on bring a trailer on the auction site 
Um, but uh, the way it was presented uh, just, I think, was, was, wasn't quite on point enough about just how incredible this car is. And uh, I, I blame myself for, for not being uh, as, uh, as loud a voice as I need to be on the editorial side of that. But uh, really, to, the, to drive the car is to just understand uh, uh, what what these what these cars really were capable of. With when you when you mix the the best of original with uh, responsible upgrades. I'd imagine if if you're in the market for a D2 uh, eight or S8, there's probably not one remotely this condition and there's some nice ones i've seen but right. but not that's, that's at this right. level that's, that's that's kind of where we are with it. it it's it's sort of like outer limits yeah <laughs> so we're looking forward to making somebody really happy do you know how many miles are on it any chance yeah Probably it, worth had, it had um right around a hundred thousand when we um restored when we brought it in and it was it was kind of a stunner before we even started um and uh, it's probably been driven maybe 2,500 miles since the restoration was done, maybe less. That uh, explains the condition. That paint is, yeah. I mean, black is hard to maintain to begin with, but that's. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, you, there's, there, there's a few different levels of paint jobs. You know, there's like a, there's like a thousand dollar paint job, which nobody wants to even be associated with. Right. And then there's like a, $7,500 paint job, which is okay. That looks pretty good, but you know. And then there's this paint job, which um, is more like double that, uh, where the whole car is apart completely. There and all of the trim is replaced, and there is no overspray because that's completely unthinkable. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's that's impressive. That's sort of the way the whole the whole restoration was done. It's it's going to the uh, to the the level that few uh, can. Well, probably uh, um, worth moving on to the next car. Then you think sure. the, the, the B, I see what looks almost like from the front a B5 RS4 back there, but it's a sedan. Right. Yeah, it's a Nagaro Blue 2000 S4 uh, original owner car. We we developed this car. Uh, over about 20 years since since the uh, since our customer bought it new in 2000, we did a stage three uh, APR engine upgrade on it um, back you know when it was maybe a couple of years old. And as the customer became better at track driving, uh, uh, we we continued to upgrade the car. And it was right in the time where we were also doing development work on on our GTR program where we were we were building uh, a lot of B5 S4 chassis cars so this car's done um, well over a hundred uh, track events um, I, I, I'd venture to guess maybe even as as many as a couple of hundred <laughs> but uh, it just uh, it's it's amazing how how good these cars can look if if you take care of them and continue to to maintain them as you go. So you mentioned uh, the conversion for this front clip is RS4, 
side sills are RS4. Right. This um, is all obsolete now. Uh, oh, really? You can't as get of, it? As of uh, about a year ago, Audi ran out of these parts. And uh, we had some old stock on our shelves until just a couple of months ago. We, we um, unfortunately, we've now sold out on these, on these panels. Too. Have you really? But... Yeah. You mentioned unique way you, you managed to use the, because this is a sedan, uh, and the RS4 rears, obviously they have their own quarters uh, with the flares. How, how do you manage that? Uh, you have a, you yeah. guys make this conversion piece? Yeah, we call it a rocker panel adapter. So it blends, it blends the RS wide sill cover into the narrow body uh, quarter panel. Uh, in, in a pretty elegant way, so it looks like more of a factory blend piece. Yeah. And uh, so I doubt there are many, given their parts are obsolete. I doubt there are many people doing the conver conversion nowadays. But should they, you have that part available? Yeah, we still we still have the part available. But uh, yeah, it, it's I at this point uh, the only way to get these parts is from um, from crash cars, and uh, that that's uh, even that is going to be a you know growing challenge yeah. to to keep uh, or, or to find a supply for so well where should we head next uh well, we we've got a couple of these uh s2 coupes over on the other side of the showroom now you guys um i think this is one of the things at least i from the east coast i know you from from afar is is doing uh Turbo conversions, uh, putting either S S motors. I, I guess it depends on the, the customer spec, but right. you uh, you guys have built a lot of these. Yeah, we have. I don't know exactly how many <laughs> yeah. uh, turbo conversions where you'll take like a V three coupe uh, and uh, install pretty much an S two spec um, engine group. Uh, so that. Is this is this an RS2 motor or just the manifold? This happens to be another RS2 motor. Is it? Yes, a factory motor. We so this one, this one, um, this conversion we did probably in 2006. I'm okay. Guessing 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. So we're, what we're looking at for the people who aren't here, it's a pearl white coupe quattro from probably what 1991, somewhere around there. You got it. Yeah. Um, which those cars were not. They were sold as a 20 valve non-turbo only here in the U.S. Europe, of course, got the S2. Um, and front wheel drive versions. We only got the Quattro 20 valve, which cool chassis, but that's a lot yeah, of weight really, to pull around for a non-turbo really, really motor. lacking without the, yeah, if, if they would have brought, I think if Audi were in a better position with the U.S. market at the time, that um, they they would have hit a home run by, by importing the S2s and they would have sold the heck out of them. Yeah. But uh, they just weren't quite there yet. They were, they were Building up some momentum, but they just they, they just decided not to bring the S2s, and we got those those uh, coupes with the normally aspirated motors instead. So kind of a well, kind of a miss on that point. Yeah, although presented a bit of an opportunity because yes, we have two did. here and too many to count of, of others. It did. We we knew that uh, the S2s were incredible cars, the European spec. So we we uh, have sold many 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 sets of. Uh, parts and engine conversions and in-house jobs on uh, on the coupes uh, over the years. Have you done many uh, sedans or just primarily coupes? 
Yeah, we've done some sedans. We've done we've done some wacky stuff. We we did a, a even a Volkswagen Quantum for a guy. Did you really? A, a while ago, maybe five or six years ago. Uh. Just the, the owner was just such a such a, a uh, awesome guy, original owner of the car, and he just really needed a shop like ours that he felt like he could trust to see the job through, and he knew what he wanted, and it was pretty pretty big. Pretty darn big job, um, but it was, was, that's a fast quantum. So, <laughs> for reference, for those who don't know, quantum uh, quantum synchro wagon, yeah. Probably. Believe it or not, his is a two wheel drive. So it wasn't all. So quantum synchro wagon would be a basically a B two chassis, right? Um, slightly different rear suspension, but otherwise a wagon. Uh, same green, same glass, and everything is four thousand. Yeah. And then, um, but they they only had the. I guess the, the Synchros had five cylinders, and I guess the GL5 had a five cylinder. Was this a five cylinder front wheel drive? Correct. Or? correct. And a five so, cylinder wagon. So he went ahead and did a turbocharged front wheel drive. We, we, uh, we uh, actually purchased a Quantum Synchro that matched his in color and specs, uh, hoping to be able to either move his project over to the other chassis or to move the, the other chassis parts into his. But he he decided he didn't he loved the car. need to do that. Uh, it's not, he, he wasn't really as much after the power as he was the reliability of huh. the, the updates that we do. So we, we made it probably faster than he even needed it. But uh, anyway, he's he's still enjoying the car. He's, Sounds he's, like great wolf in sheep's clothing yes. kind of car. <laughs> he's he's got a, an eclectic collection of cars. Yeah. So yeah, we we really enjoy being able to listen to to what. Uh, a client has in mind and then try to just hone in on, on accomplishing those those goals um, so it makes sense for for to sort of uh, see the dream through so uh, nowadays if somebody were to buy it I mean the the while s2s have kind of gone up quite a bit in price in Europe um, in the US kind of like four thousands it's a, it's a bit soft, so you could get a Coupe Quattro, I think still pretty affordably, no granted, they, where I'm on the East Coast, they've, they've led hard lives often. Yeah, but, but yeah. If, it's, the, these, are, the, these are definitely behind the Ur Quattro curve. Um, you know, in, in many ways, the B3 um, coupes, and um, uh, particularly the cars that have been converted to S2 or R2 motors, and they've been done responsibly and, and using the right parts. Um, they're 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 pretty good value, you know, and they they just they haven't really kind of rocketed up in in um, in their uh, cost value yet. Uh, so it, if somebody were to find one, and they yeah. they really have always wanted an S2, I, I'm thinking of a friend of mine actually in the Golden Gate chapter who keeps telling me he's he's curious. But um, uh, if they bought one, you guys, I would imagine, could can you you can still do the conversion or ship them the conversion parts they need? Should they not be local to you? Yeah, we we don't do a lot of parts shipping on okay. conversion parts, um, but we do uh, service them and we do um, repair cars that um, that uh, may not have been done quite right. Uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. Um, we, we also have a pretty good uh, um, Rolodex full of, of owners of these cars and, um, you know, where they are. We sort of track what's going on with the conversions we've done. 
So if if someone has a has an interest in buying one, um, really the best way to to tap into uh, finding cars that might might not even be on the market um, is to just send us an email. Okay. Uh, info at twobennett.com, and when we see that, we we really try and put um, an owner in touch with um, a prospective buyer and uh, you know once in a while we'll get involved with with actually handling the transaction but uh, sometimes also we'll just kind of connect people you can so, bridge it yeah, yeah yeah so so the cars continue to stay in the hands of, of enthusiasts that can can keep them up and yeah. uh, keep enjoying them and uh, really have it you know continue to be a delight and, and never never a, too much of a, of a frustration yeah. so do you still do uh, are these still actively being not these exact yep. cars but you still have coupe quattro owners coming to you for oh I mean this this is a big part of what we do is it yeah this this isn't this isn't like history for yeah. us. this is like now is, is it hard to find engines still or is that still fairly uh it's yeah it's never been easy but uh, you've got your sources yeah we we uh, let's say let's say somebody you know needs to part with a car that might have the engine we want so you know we love to hear from people like that that are just over it yeah and then you know we'll we'll try to we'll try to recycle the right parts and um restore the components we need and then use them to to build out another car yeah so that that applies to like Ur quattro chassis to uh um, s4 and s6 aan engines to um all, all of the parts that go into it we just we're, we're still doing it do you yeah. i i've noticed over the years too in watching you guys I, i've seen everything from uh sport quattros to um, to there was an I think it, at Legends of the Autobahn a couple of years ago you had a, a, a Goodwood Green B5 RS4. Right. Uh, you mentioned some people who've who've had uh, certain cars in the states, maybe sometimes even before they're available RS2s. Right. Um, do you have a, a fair amount of custom, clients, customers like that who who have these kind of specialized forbidden fruit sort of cars? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we, our, our customer database started in 96, so we still, we still have all of, all of those people in our, yeah. in our uh, contact list, and uh, we really just try to keep good relationship with, with everyone and let them know that we appreciate th- their car and their business, and uh, we're, st- we're still here to help them uh, yeah. preserve and upgrade and uh, it's a it's a, it's a I, long long term deal. I seem to remember hearing that that B five RS four is still local to here. Yeah, is one the of your B five RS four. Yeah, the green one. Uh, yeah, it it lives in Southern California. Does it? So yeah, we we just we see it uh, for um, upgrades yeah. occasionally and just keeping it keeping it uh, track worthy. Well, um, shall we shall we go? I, I'd love to see at some point. You mentioned you're you're building a. Um, you've got a shell right now where you're putting panels on it, but I, I know there's a lot more to your facility, so I'd love to see yeah. whatever you'd be willing to share. Let's, let's walk on out of the showroom back 
through the parts area and uh, through the main shop into the uh, restoration shop. So you buy up, you mentioned you you had an inventory of, oh, this is great. Looking at the wall, I'm seeing like some inventory, Kamei. Right, those are, grills. those are new old stock, you know, uh, on on a few. Um, B6, B, big, B5, big no, production. C4, S6, yeah. that almost looks like yep. Kamei grill. C4, S6, yeah, yeah. C5. Someone, I think the importer for Kamei, um, uh, wanted to dump their old inventory when they were trying to do some new stuff. This was a, this was a long time ago. Yeah. It was probably a decade ago. So right. we bought a couple pallets of. Did you really? Of yeah, I was gonna say I we have, never see this stuff anymore. Uh, we have we have maybe half a million dollar in inventory. Do you really? of Old parts. I'll show you. It's just new parts or or used yeah, use stuff too. Both new new and new and used. So we're walking through the parts department. A lot of production sales parts and you know if you if you look around you look in the in the rafters you see european bumpers that are they're otherwise not available anywhere yeah new. they're there are just things that we still happen to have an in inventory that haven't sold yet but i tell you looking up there a year ago it it was more than twice as full really and the stuff is just kind of going going away is people people, people grabbing buy, it while well, it's still available it yeah left. yeah we just sold like two kits like recently did you really yeah, yeah. big 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 groups of parts yeah and yeah that that's the area where we keep our our suspension um hardware for building out uh, custom suspension groups uh as as the order's placed once once the order is confirmed, then the fab tech gets the order and just starts running through the list and talking with the salesperson about you know what the details really are. So what we assemble and what we deliver is spot on, and it's it's never it's never a pre-packaged kind of generic order. It's so in most cases your typical. Um, early cars, so let's say B2, right? Like you know, there's a 4,000 or a Quattro. They're sending you their components. Or, or we'll supply cores. Okay. Yep. If, if it's uh, more of a daily driver car and right. it's, it's, not, it's not on a hoist or on jack stands, then uh, we'll do what we can to supply uh, everything on restored uh, ready to install cores. So then you Wheel bearings installed, hubs installed. And then the customer can just take that that built-out part, put it right in his car, and then just ship us back their their cores. Their stuff. Or they can just buy our cores, and then that that they can throw away their rusty you, parts. You can go either way. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're we're fortunate to be able to do that on n nearly everything, um, because we have uh, we have availability of, of corrosion-free parts. It's pretty nice. awesome. That's a nice thing. It is. It's great. I got a, a couple years ago, I bought a, um, for the 4,000, I was thinking I wanted to do a five lug conversion and I got, somebody said he had an Urquattro, basically, you know, the whole Urquattro set up. And, and uh, so I bought it, so I hadn't seen, and it came in, it came out of Eastern Canada. <laughs> it's all so rusty. Maybe at some point I'll restore it and get it on the car, but it, right. it came in considerably. So what I'm saying is the, not to be understated the value of having the rust free 
um, yeah. components that you have access to. Right. So we'll take those and then we'll we'll actually prep them and then we'll refinish everything with uh, you know rust inhibiting uh, primer and then we we know how to paint so yeah. we'll we'll finish it with a, uh, a gloss commercial grade paint that is absolutely um, ideal to always back or higher going into a, a, a crusty rusty environment so it'll, it'll stay looking good for a while yeah we just yeah we love that we we're, we're proud of every set we send out we always take pictures and we're just we want to make it our new our new calendar shot <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah if we go upstairs in the parts room you see here th these are like brake brake system components rotors and calipers and all the parts that we have oh, wow, like that. to replenish supporting customers um, cars uh, so they can order and just order, call us and order new brakes and are those all quattro bumpers yeah so used inventory of yep Ex extensive body panels. yeah uh, well, those euro they look like euro bumpers huh? some are some, some are. are yep and exhaust systems Bennett systems some some other brands um, it, uh, clutch systems a lot of what you're seeing uh, I was telling you about some of the old inventory we have we have this huge uh, group of Colgan bras for the for that 80s <laughs> bras those, yeah you don't even see those at car shows anymore they just completely went away but right check that one out 80 86 4, well that's like perfect for the for the uh for the radwood era of yes. yeah just at, it's Rad coming hot again we, so we need i think we need to uh get get with the radwood marketing and right right uh, who needs a bra? <laughs> are these all Audi fitment, or is there other stuff? Only Audi. Yeah. I, there's, yeah. There's, there's yeah, almost yeah. nothing in here that is is not Audi. That is great. And that's why we really just do Audi. You know, it just yeah. it kind of it's can it's distracting to try to take on another brand. It's it, as tempting as as it is when somebody you know talks about um, you know working on a Volkswagen or. A Porsche or a BMW it just it, it's 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 like a short-term play to, to work on that car because it's not knowledge that we're necessarily going to be able to carry forward to the next Audi well I, I think too that's I would say that's definitely an advantage to you guys too because your your name kind of carries much further I think than it would if you were uh, simply a competent, yeah. you know, kind of multi, multi-brand yeah. thing that you are the Audi, uh, vintage Audi place is, is pretty rad. And you know, there's more of that cameo stuff. I see a huge stack of that behind the, <laughs> behind the Colgan bras. Yeah. We're in the second floor of the parts room now looking down, uh, from the mezzanine on a sea of, it's a very impressive collection <laughs> you've got here, man. This is very, very rare parts. Yeah. Yeah. But well, well organized, but, yeah, they would. All these parts would do even better being bolted on somebody's right, right. awesome old Audi. So you, you know, you know who to check with. <laughs> yeah, what, we, what is that? Is that uh, that's a Mark II TT uh, uh, trunk. Oh, right. Yeah. So I see the glass we were, shape now. We were developing um, uh, race windows. Okay. For uh, the TT RS, 
um, when those were first being campaigned for racing in 2012. Right. So that that's a you see the holes that are drilled in it. That's where we we it had was to, for fitment. Yeah, we had to create the the shape. It, for, is that uh, something like you still windows. sell or yes. can can yes. get? Yeah, so we, you know, if it's an Audi and it, we there, there's really very little we won't consider taking on. Really. Even small number well, of projects. If it's too small and we can't we can't like see a market for it, then that's that's not going to work. Right. But if it's a if it's a bigger project and it's a component of a big project or a, a race build or uh, you know a special car that we're supporting for a special customer, then we'll we'll do what we can. Yeah. yeah. So Mark II TT like sand. Uh, yeah, when they're being. I bet that drops a lot of weight from pretty high in the chassis. It does. Yeah. It, it, it all helps. Yeah. That's right, man. Yeah. This is such an impressive collection you've got here. Yeah. A lot of parts. <laughs> the Colgan Barras. Those are fantastic. New coolers. Yeah, so if we go... So now we're in the main shop, and um, we're looking at a Ur Quattro that's in for a restoration. And along with the restoration, we are uh, improving the reliability of the car by um, having rebuilt the engine and then also upgrading the engine management to uh, the Motronic uh, system used in the um, late AAN five-cylinder motors. So you're putting a Motronic, you're fitting Motronic injection on an, the, that's the original motor from the, is that that's, an 83 from the looks of it? That's correct, yeah. Right. Yeah, so along with doing various other things like uh, suspension and brake restoration and our interior uh, rest and a paint job. So you guys do interiors too? Yeah, you, we, we do, we do, yeah. Yeah, if you look at our restorations page on our website, you'll see uh, a number of pretty nicely restored and upgraded or quattro interiors. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, then you've got quite the range here, right? You've got an Aviator Gray Mark One TT. Is that a service customer probably? Yeah, or? local, lo just a local customer. Yeah. That they're not looking to, you know, win a concourse or anything, but, um, but a yeah, really a, sweet little a, daily. Yes, car. If that car went to any other shop, I don't think they would have even tried to fix it. She she, well, sat, she forgot about it around a year ago with a coolant leak, and she just needed somebody like Tubanet that can can tell her what it needs to boy, make it reliable. Hey, again. you know what? You're not. You're reminding me of a situation. So. Well, one of my friends who who um, in the club, right? She's she's uh, with one of the chapters on the East Coast. Had the most. Uh, it was fantastic. Goodwood Green, late production Roadster, uh, okay. two twenty five horsepower, really desirable manual transmission. Um, she uh, lost control of the car, hit a curb, and the shop wherever whatever shop she took it to unfortunately she's on the east coast yeah. but whatever shop she took it to gave her some ridiculous quote for rebuilding of the transmission 
okay. and, and the car ended up getting totaled. Right. And um, I mean, frankly, one of the nicer TT Roadsters I've seen in that area. So yeah. happens happens every day. Yeah. All over the country. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, we're we're really into uh, trying to see these cars go as far as they can, and so we, we try to figure out work around solutions to to solve problems and not just write off cars as total. So looking around here, you've got like, it looks like a modded uh, S-Line B7 Avant over there on the far right. Maybe a tie package right. car. Yeah. Then I see a C4 or a S6 uh, with, yeah. looks like S6 plus wheels. Uh, correct. OEM, Euro European. OEM. You got it. That's pretty. That's what they are. That's looks a, it's a pretty, pretty unusual car. It's a, it's a Canadian uh, delivery car that, that got into Canada with European bumpers. Oh yeah, look at that. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool car. So, but the, that that car also happens to be fairly locally owned. Is it? Um, yeah. So did it come like that, or were you guys? I know you, one of the things that I've seen over the years is your ability to, to source yes. European the yes. kind of cool unobtainium. That, that car, believe it or not, came that way. Did it but really? It, it's yeah. So the the owner was really happy to have found us after. Uh, you know, I'd imagine that's trying a, to get a hell of a find locally. On. Yeah, trying to get the car worked on other, uh, elsewhere. It, it, it's just, I think, just maddening for people to to not be able to even get their car fixed. Yeah. And uh, that's why people are willing to go to a little more trouble to ship us their car or, you know, make a road trip out of getting it to us. Right. Just to, just to get it fixed right. And we, we've, got, we've got enough space and resources to sort of take our time and not just try to push a car out by Friday, you know. Right. We might, we might try to push it out by by December 31. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but you know. It's, but it's, 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 it's done right. It's a, it's a long long game and not, not just trying to churn cars out. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll tell you this, I mean, the, what we're seeing here, this mix of cars really speaks to probably the volume of your business, right? You've got a, a B8Q5 over there, you've got a I'm uh, an MQB uh, A3 that just pulled in. These are probably what freshly, they're like new enough that they're old enough that rather that that people aren't taking them in for warranty work. They're off warranty. Um, and so this is a more affordable and more knowledgeable option. Right. Um, uh, somebody's a specialist in it, keeping it, keeping it going. That's it. Yeah, we do, we do a ton of service work, and we we have uh, a few technicians here that. That's all they do. They they're not they're not restoration guys, or they're not. Uh, they're, 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 we try to just have people focus on what they do best. Yeah. So uh, um, we have others that really understand body and five cylinder and um, uh, engine management. And everybody just focuses on their strengths. So. This or Quattro we're looking at, it looks like I'm gonna guess full restoration and su subtle improvements. Right. Uh, I see your suspension on it. Right, yeah, uh, we got it on a set of roller wheels right now because uh, we don't want to damage his factory OEM uh, front, runalls. Front quarters are off. Uh, yep. It's gonna go painted or? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a complete repaint, but we, we do the repaint uh, toward the end. We don't we don't want to have any scratches on it fresh paint job so that, that'll come later we painted the engine bay this is helios blue i think is that what that name is i don't know if you probably not important but it's that dark metallic blue I, I oh that looks beautiful I say it was amp 
Amazon. Ah, okay. Amazon Blue. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, the engine bay obviously had to get addressed before we got busy with putting a fresh motor in it. So that's been done. Uh, the engines, we, we, we first fired it uh, last week. Pretty exciting. Sounds really pissed off and <laughs> really, really ready to, ready to shred it up. And um, uh, we, haven't, we haven't done this, this kind of work much. You know, typically we're putting in the 20 valve turbo uh, engine conversions, which we we just have down to a science. But it's been a bit of a learning curve on so, this. So in this case, this this client, from the looks of it, I'm going to guess based on what you've done here so far and what you said you're doing, it it sounds like it's more of a restoration made to look to what it what it, how it came new rather than a bonkers upgrade. Yeah, kind of right. reimagined situation. He's a bit of a purist. Yeah, he's really trying to. But reliable. The reliability Ish. is key. Yeah. He wants more power. Yeah. He he, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to stray further than we need to 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 uh, make it reliable and faster. I, I'll and tell you, I you know you mentioned this is different. I think I would just guess based on what I've seen it happening in the pricing of these cars in the market. Yeah. Yep. Probably authentic restorations are probably going to be kind of like in the 911 market, right? Where a lot of the stuff went bonkers, we're forward dating, et cetera. With this, these cars are getting so expensive now that like... Right. Um, and that's part of why we, we finally said, okay, we've, we've had people asking us to do these kinds of restorations for a long time. And uh, with what's happened in the Perquatro uh, resale market in, over the past five years, um, we've sort of rethought a little bit about, you know, trying to retain some originality. Yeah. And, uh, just focus on reliability. Uh, you know, the cumbersome hydraulic brake boost system really doesn't offer much benefit. Uh, and so what do you do in that case? We switched to pneumatic. Yeah. Pneumatic boost really simplify the system, and uh, it, it, there's no there's no disadvantage going on there. It just cleans up the engine bay and. Uh, uh, gets rid of a highly complicated hydraulic system, which is is very costly to maintain. It's a safety concern as well, uh, making sure the brakes always work properly. So with the, the pneumatic simplicity, we're, everybody's better off. Yeah. So yeah, this this will get um, um, a set of Recaros installed along with um, trying to retain as much of the original style interior. Oh, it's got the zebra. Yep. And he's On he the likes roof that. and everything. That's awesome. That. So, uh, you know, if, if we get lucky, we'll be able to find some a bolt of that zebra factory cloth and uh, redo some some more comfortable seats for, for road tripping yeah. in for the customer. But if not, then we'll we'll match we'll match modern colors with the front seats and do it that way. Yeah. And uh, just uh, zebra. Get it back. Zebra for those who don't know is like this. What colors would you say that is? Brown and like a gray or yeah. A green. Yeah. And it's when they did that. This was done period in the it, I think just the '83 cars. I don't think the '85s had them. But um, it's on the panels. It's on the seat centers, of course, and then the unique roof panel that has it all over the roof as well so yeah 
No, what we're seeing is the interiors out, other than the panels and the roof panel. But that's it's. It would be a big hit at uh, like a poison concert. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> well, it's it's nice to see with the the whole Radwood era of like everybody getting hot on the '80s '90s stuff. What what was once probably thought as ugly and and right. you know and and it's it's time has passed. Well, it's time is definitely retro, back. Retro yeah. chic. Yeah. 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 We'll see how long it sticks around, but but I personally love it. It's, it's. Uh, I'd have probably hated it had I had it after the, after it stopped being cool. But yeah, it's no, cool it's, again. Yep. Cycle in. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go check out that uh, wide body conversion. Here's a. As we walk by, we're just looking at a, a whole corral of engines, for various conversions. Are those your? Are those are quattro panels up on your yeah, upper are, level? Yeah, those are panels that have come off of uh, So if so, an our quattro owner has a rusty one, do you have, do you have, or are those? They're, they're absolutely, we recycle them and we have them for sale. We have, uh, if you go to twobennett.com yeah. and you go from the The number page, two, Bennett, B, two N's, two T's. Yeah. To, uh, the number two b-e-n-n-e-t-t dot com and you go to the used and rare page there's this whole world of wacky parts that uh, it's it's quite a resource for somebody that's trying to fix up a, an Urquattro or uh, you know an older Audi yeah uh, we have quite a few parts but we also have we have some listings now on uh, on eBay so that that's reaching a bigger audience. So you're actively listing the stuff on eBay currently, or just, some of it. Just just got into that. Okay. Just, just started pumping eBay full of two Bennett stuff. So we, you know, three months ago, even uh, a search for two Bennett on eBay would have yielded nothing. Right. Or maybe somebody selling some used part we had um, sold them, but now it's it's becoming populated with um, with more and more of our things to just try to reach a reach more people that need need our things well i think that's that's probably worth underlining is when we were walking around in there to see those cam ai i don't know if you have those listed but we do but actually. do you because i think that's the to just simply know what you have looking around here even up above us here we have more body panels um stuff that you know is is, is would Obsolete. be right and would be a, a complete it. complete fine what this what the heck kind of air dam is that at the top the red thing that's um <laughs> right that's a splitter a splitter for a race car or yeah, a, yeah. yeah. um so like that i mean just amazing stuff that like um it's so largely if you don't see it it doesn't exist right that's so that's it. great that it's listed that's, that's worth that's checking out it's, it's it's we we don't really want to hoard this stuff yeah <laughs> we don't we want it we just don't want to throw it away right right I, sure i want to pass it along and there's probably somebody out there who would kill to have that's it. it like it's but, oh undoubtedly yeah like everything here it's yeah. just a matter of of letting people know that that we have it and uh moving getting it moved on to them so so what we're looking at now is uh a, this is an 83 chassis or quattro uh, that is pretty well down to the frame right now. Um, the, the car had been previously uh, painted yellow um, and they did a pretty good job with painting it yellow, which made, made our job of getting the yellow back off of it even, e easy. even harder. So we had to really just gut the I was, car. I was wondering, we walked on the, up to this car, yep. um, those, those Fuchs, yep. like the, the with Forge. 
Fuchs rally wheels that were in the U.S. on the 5000 Turbo, but were on the race cars. They were on a lot of things. And the Urquatch was an option back then. Mm -hmm. But painted, painted where they're normally painted either like silver or pearl white. These are, it looks like almost like an Amola yellow. Right. Um, so the whole car was this yellow color. Yes. Yeah. And um, that, that, that could have worked out, I guess, if we found that one in a thousand person. <laughs> well, clearly they didn't come that way for the factory. So probably... Right. So yeah, so we um, we we sold the car. We we owned the car last year for just a short time, um, and um, we then passed it along to a client who called us, requesting as as we often get. He's requesting we we please source and then build um, our uh, Urquattro wide body for him to order. So this, this worked out and um, we're, we're deep into the project now. This, this car will be, from what I understand at, at, last, at last discussion, will probably be the, the Sport Quattro green oh. color when we're done. So oh, it's, wow. it's really gonna, it's gonna be nice. We haven't done one yet uh, in, in, that color. in that color. And um, as always, these, these projects, when when they're done are head turners so we're really excited to see it through and um, see the see the customer get to enjoy it any thoughts on the spec on the, the it will be more of a street car i'd imagine the street. white car that's out Absolutely. on the street out car, in the showroom yeah uh, m more um updated uh, rotary style air conditioning compressor yeah we have a we have a uh, system for auxiliary drives that we've developed that's that's all um, serpentine belt so it does away with the original v-belt system on the on the qu original quattros and it makes the motor just purr because you're no longer hearing any belt noise and uh, it's it's more along the lines of what came on the mid 90s s4s and okay sixes but we had to make it much more compact because of the limited parameters of the of the uh, B2 uh, engine bay, uh, but yeah, it's good to make the AC blow cool. I'd be curious. You mentioned that air conditioning system. There have to be just countless components like that that you guys have made over the years. Whether it's these body panels right. or that AC or now the injection system on that Urquatch we we're just right. looking at in your showroom. Right. Boy, <laughs> it's. Uh, it I, I probably it's a, lot don't. Of, it's a lot of parts yeah it's a lot of knickknack parts it's, it's but, almost too much so we that's why we we unfortunately can't really we can't really offer to sell the systems as as like a mail order uh, group of parts because it it's too resource consuming for us to 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 package right. that way it's too many things needed so the, the way it makes sense for us and the way we assure the final project build quality is spot on is is that we just do it in house you do the build here so yeah. it's here we can estimate that we can tell a person what this job's going to cost and um the time frame and that sort of thing but it's it's all in-house um build so uh yeah, this this car should be um making a reliable um upper 300s in horsepower gonna stick with a is it a 20 valve or it's is an rs2 motor is it yep it's a 
it's another RS2 engine that we brought in from the UK, and we just um, thinking of the six-speed as well in the they do the the RS2 transmission. I think I think we're going to keep it with a five-speed. Okay. Uh, with the original Quattro five-speed transmission, uh, although. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's a matter of it's a matter of budget and just really trying to focus on priorities for the customer and not but not the interesting thing about that spec. I mean, that's Sport Quattro spec, right? You got that. Well, it's not the aluminum block, but you got the twenty valve, five cylinder. It's not not the Sport Quattro spec engine, right? But but it's similar configuration. The Sport Quattro was five speed. You've got the wider mm -hmm. Sport Quattro. It's right. kind of an interesting theme. That's true. That's uh. true. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we've already restored the. The suspension uprights and um, the the wheel bearings and uh, the brake systems have already been built. Now, what do you do for brake? Is would the car run when it's complete? Would it run a, a 15? Or, or no, are you going to go bigger is, wheel, bigger yeah, brakes? Yeah, this, this he, we're running bigger brakes, so we're running a wide body here. So we're going to have a, a wider offset wheel. We'll be using um, the the popular wheel that we use here in house, which is a. a uh, Compomotive wheel, like, is, like the Speedline-looking thing. The yeah, fire. they Compomotive built wheels for yeah. for Audi uh, in the eighties. They do. These, these are these are those wheels. That, that five spoke that they. Yes. Yeah, those for those are cool. Yep. So it, it, it's it's very fitting for for this application, and uh, yeah, the the interior will be completely redone and. Uh, It'll it'll have um, it'll have the feel of a of an original uh, interior, but more like the red car. Yeah, very similar actually. The red car. He, I think we're going to use the same seats. Are you? He, yeah. We talked about other seats that he he thought would look more period correct. Right. But then he sat in them, and then decided that you know com comfort is important. Yeah. So, so that's probably what we'll end up with. And uh, yeah, the glass, we'll be able to reuse most of his glass. The windshields we have made. So, oh, do you? Yeah, so the, those, those, have, those have gone obsolete, not, not available a couple of times over the years. The coupe, um, this is the lower. The Urquattro. Yeah. Yeah, windshield, but um, we have them, we have them um, done um, by a major glass manufacturer. So when, when, we, when we call in an order and get some, then, then that, that puts some on our shelf, and then it, they also uh, try and uh, populate some of the um, the inventory across the country. Oh, so well, thanks so for doing that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they'll become available for a little while again. Okay. Uh, and uh, until that is depleted, and right. everybody runs out again, and then another another small batch run will get made. But yeah, we don't we don't want to be like trying to stock windshields it's yeah to me it's like an onion right it just keeps peeling and peeling the, the the amount of support that you're doing for these cars not just repairing them but developing things like that ac system developing or getting it it takes a bit of a, a of effort to get those windshields remade yeah. and the fact that you're doing that manufacturer and you need to be persistent and yeah make it make the argument for why they should put the the resource investment in restocking and uh, yeah, that's that's so. Anybody that's gotten a new windshield in the last four or five years uh, probably came from that last. Based batch on run. interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when you guys get this thing together and complete. Um, 
would I would love to get it in our magazine. All right, that sounds good. Yeah, here's a quarter just getting getting close to fitted. We're working on closing up the gaps and uh, having it. This this is how the the uh, the white car looked under the <clears throat> under the paint. That is cool. Earlier. Do you, would you? Uh, it looks it looks rough until you feel it. But you don't feel it. Oh yeah, look at that. So you cut based on the, there's a piece of trim on the C-pillar on an Erner Quattro. Right. So you cut underneath the, I'd imagine that's how the Audi Sport did it back in the day too. Now uh, cut the panel there and then, you know, this is the rear panel on then, and then. Yeah, um, this gets bonded on using special um, adhesive that bonds metal to composite. That is cool. And yeah, there's an overlap panel underneath this too that it gets bonded to, to create a, sh a sheer strength. So is that like a, I see you have a clamp here and then you're, you mentioned you're going yeah, right there. Is that something you kind of do in process? You kind of work up the... Mm -hmm. And trim, you know, that when it came out of the mold, it was a lot bigger than this. So it always okay. gets carefully Cut trimmed, to fit the... custom trim to fit the car and the door and the rocker and so forth. Very cool. Yeah. Do you do a, um, do, you, do you maintain or use the factory tr trunk? Or do you trunk lid, or do you do that we, in? We can. Um, it fits, um, but uh, you can do a carbon one as well. We do, yeah. On on this one, uh, we'll I think be using a, a carbon Kevlar trunk lid. Yeah, looks great on the inside when I you bet. pop it open. Yeah. It's interesting to see this without the glass and without the deck lid on it. I mean, yeah. so many people. I think sometimes if you're not familiar with cars, I'm, I'm good. You, you think this car is a hatchback, and it's totally, right. it's not. Right. But it's it's uh. It's interesting to see the structure underneath. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Right? Yeah, not a whole lot there. Yeah. Some sheet metal. But, it, but it's got the cross member, which I'm sure helps structurally. Where if it were a hatchback, it would... That's it would, true. Yeah. It would not and have they, it. These, these unibodies are, are pretty soft. You know, it's early unibody technology. Yeah. So the big doors, Audi Quattro guys will tell you, you know, when you lift them up, they, the doors don't quite hit the strikers. You got to yeah. about how you lift them. And, that sort of thing. But, do you guys do any chassis bracing while it's, or even when you're when you're doing these, these builds? These quarter panels actually really help. They're do more they? rigid than the metal. Uh, so we we yeah occasionally we'll cage the car or we'll we'll definitely do reinforcements if it's a competition car. Yeah. But um, this gentleman really looks forward to having his kids in the back seat. So yeah. we're we're not going to have any roll cage. So it'll have. Functioning rear seat. That's it. So I remember when I first started seeing like, also coming from um, the Volkswagen market being similar, mm -hmm. not the same as, as, but similar to the Audi aftermarket. Um, I, some of the higher horsepower, like you look at those early Golf Mark one chassis and they were all spot welded, as you mentioned, kind of soft. Not, yeah. And, and would flex a bit when you would put, if you put like an engine like a VR6 or something like that into it, what you find some of the guys building that, or they're getting rid of the spot welds and they're going and re-welding. Re is, that, is that something that I'd imagine Audi was operating at a higher, um, uh, at least on these, these on the or Quattro, probably running at a higher level of? Probably, they probably gave it um, more structural rigidity, just knowing how the cars were intended. Yeah. And, you know, might have added extra layers. Like right here, you can see an inner layer behind the uh, rocker panel. That's strictly added for structural rigidity. 
so the, the engineer um, would um, include parts like that. Is that unique to the coupe, or did it, were they doing that on the sedans too? Um, Probably not that high, obviously, because the door would go lower, but... Yeah, well, th this is... Um, like I said, the, the Urquattros really weren't very rigid, you know? They, yeah. they, they probably didn't get um, as much um, uh, uh, time um, focused on... Um, on just the build out as maybe some of the higher production cars might have, you know, because it's like an economy of scale. Yeah. Have to be realistic. These were all largely hand built. Yeah. Yeah. So the coupes, the or the or Quattro coupes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really, not not that many of them. Yeah. <clears throat> came to the U.S. Numbers are surprisingly low, considering how many we see around here. Yeah. It's, it's really not a not your car. typical sample. Right. Uh, yeah, well, we've got some suspension here too. This is just a this is a customer's order for for coilovers. This is for a an RS2 actually. Oh really? Yeah. So these I think are shipping to a collector in Ohio. So we're just working on getting those those painted. That's the primer on there. Working on getting those painted before we do the final assembly and building out the springs and such. So somebody in Ohio has an RS2. Yeah, it's a it's a collector. He's got he's got some really, really interesting cars. Not um, pearl white by any chance. Is it? No, it's uh, it's blue. I I I want to call it Nagaro blue. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that kind of. I think it is. I, the, I'm I think I'm probably maybe speaking out of turn. Yeah. But Mar it looks very much like maritime blue, which is Porsche color. Maybe okay. the same code, and I think they were just. I think that's where that color started. Got but it. another reason I asked was um, since you came from, well, before your time or after your time rather in Pittsburgh for the longest time, I remember in 1999, I went and did the Vintage Grand Prix, you know, the same year Audi's here doing the doing okay. Monterey Car Week. Okay. Audi was featured market Vintage Grand Prix in Pittsburgh. And uh, there was a, a pearl white one that showed up with, it was an odd color combo because it was a pearl, you don't see a lot of pearl white RS2s. And then it had the blue Alcantara seats. Wow. Um, and it was 1999, which wow. for an RS2 is, you know, a, a bit of an oddball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he lived, the car was plated and he lived in Pittsburgh. And I, wow. I never did get the backstory on. Military. Yeah, maybe yeah, that was military it. Military kind of gets you around some of the rules. Uh, military officer. Maybe that's what he was. Bring some, some wacky stuff in. But other than that, I don't think they're going to let you yeah. the, get through the import. Well, cool. It's nice to know there's one in Ohio. I have to keep my eyes open for him. <laughs> I think he's in Ohio. Yeah. He's, that, uh, and it, yeah, like like so many specialty cars, they they often don't get out. Yeah. Like, you know, it could be in a warehouse you drive by every day and you right. just never know it. Well, that's why I always find that, like, you know, when we pop up at a show and there's, whether it's, you know, Vintage Grand Prix and I found that guy, actually the, the two Sawickley cars showed up that year too, mm. uh, the 20 valves they built. But the um, <laughs> senior car... The, the RS4 uh, B5, mm -hmm. well, multiple of your cars, but that good one, green one, man, was... Uh, yeah, right. That's, 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 a, that's a rare bird. Yeah. Well, that one that one was, uh, that was owned by uh, an F1 driver. I think I'd heard that. Jacques Villeneuve, yeah. right? Yeah, right. He, he had brought it into Florida just as his personal car. So, 
a guy that worked at the dealership uh, that helped bring it in um, said, hey, Jacques, if you ever sell this car, you have to let me know before, yeah. before selling. And sure enough, that, um, that salesperson, who is now a friend of ours and a customer, uh, purchased the car when Jacques was ready to part with it and brought it when he relocated to California yeah. with him. And uh, that's where we got more involved with the story on restoring and uh, just keeping up on, on the B5 RS4. It's a cool so, car. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, that era too, to see um, the car is out exclusive Goodwood Green, which is a, a color and period of the that when the car would have been built. Yeah. There were our uh, B6s were built in that color, B6S4s, mm -hmm. uh, TT, but it, I don't think RS, that was a standard color in RS4. And, and that at that time, Audi Exclusive wasn't doing, you know, nowadays almost every dealer's had a couple Audi Exclusives come through. Right. And, but in those days, it was quite a bit more rare. So, well, when you're, when you're selling to, a, to an F1, he gets what the hell he wants. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so, yeah. So. Yeah, quite a quite a spectrum of old Audis sitting around. Right, it's kind of an operation. So I guess you're pretty well known too, and not just amongst people who want to maintain their Audis, but if somebody's got something unique or whatever that's getting parted out, it might come this way. We hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so love, I, love we're sitting here too. So if somebody doesn't know, they should give you a call if they've got yeah, something that's, they, they're about to retire. Yeah, if they're gonna call, you know, the junkyard to tow it away or something, just check in with us and maybe we can like actually recycle it and actually right. put it back on the road and do some good stuff with it. But we, we don't we don't pay much for parts cars, you know. We, we you have a pretty good we don't because then we can't Yeah. There's no there's no it, margin to be able to sell it. It's gotta make sense from a business perspective. Yeah, it, it does. We just we just like to like to keep the parts in circulation and um, part of the recycling process. Yeah. Go this way. So, yeah, like for instance, that, that D2A8L, that thing has been great. Uh, we've gotten some really good parts off of it, but the car was given to us. And then the car behind it, same thing. We've just used, so then we're able to like recycle some good stuff out of them right. before we can't glean any more value and then we'll, then we'll actually send them to to the scrapyard. Uh, try to do as much as we can with the parts before sending them to the crusher. That's quite an operation you have there, man. That's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Not just from size and scope, but but it it must certainly be a lot of effort. Yes. Um, decades long from you know from the point you started, but it's it's you know th that you're able to keep these cars even at a time when. You know, we talked about earlier how it's a, it's a challenge for even for the factory to maintain that level of support here. Right. The, the fact that you're here and you're here for the owners of those cars who need it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I don't want to, you know, I'm not just trying to, to just throw unnecessary comments. I think this is very, very much worth saying. It's, it's, it's your, you guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think you're an institution for, you know, I, I, I'm a target client, right? Like I have a 4,000 and, and sometimes it gets hard, you know, Right. Well, what's broken now? I don't even know where to begin. And frankly, there are a couple of components we talked about today. We're like, man, maybe I <laughs> like the AC. That might be worth doing. Ah, yeah. But now I got to ship it out here to California. That's the only thing. Right. Should have done it before I shipped it back east. Ah, yeah. Right. It, it, is it, did you 
buy it from there? I bought it in Portland. Uh, it was a guy who had two of them. He had a he had a facelift car, like I don't know, like an '86 or '87, um, and he had a um, he had this '84. And I remember seeing the car once before when it came on the market. It's not especially low mileage. Yeah. Um, this I bought it ten years ago, so I've had it for quite some time. But, but um, it's just you know, finding a small bumper or a small U.S. bumper yeah. pre facelift Quattro is is harder and harder to do yeah, nowadays. Yeah. So, um, it's unique. It's yeah. it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. I thought about doing. I I actually had a two hundred turbo at the time that I was going to do. It was a rough car, but I, similar to what you got, you know, I wanted to put a right. put the twenty valve in it, the three B, and and um, then I got the car and I was like, the tr the trunk is absolutely pristine. I don't think spares ever been out of the car. The liner is perfect, and I was like to you know to weld in the battery tray and to do the things that would be necessary right. to make the thing a turbo. I I figure it's big job. Well, and not only that, but is it. I'm perhaps starting with the wrong car if, if that's mm. what I want to do. That, that maybe this car, it, while it's not a museum piece by any stretch, it's it's a very clean survivor. And mm. and so I kind of want to leave it mm. a bit as, mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind make, making some improvements, but right. um, the stuff that's completely obsolete, I kind of don't want to cut up and tear and, you know, mess up. I hear you. I uh -huh. hear you. Yeah. It's, it, you just, uh, you, you could find that, you could justify it either way. Yeah. You know, you'd find people that would say, well, you know, now that you've done this, this really makes it worth yeah. keeping keeping in pristine shape. It's yeah. not just, but, you know, at this point, the, the car is, that's, it's a 35-year-old car. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty special just, just as is. As it says. I'd love to do, and maybe we'll, we'll have to talk at some point. Things like suspension, you know, suspension. you mentioned the brakes. Yeah, you got to do the suspension. Yeah. It's, it makes it so much more fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think, original. So it's, um, yeah, so lean, it's lean. yeah, so it's it's not yeah. only not only worn out, but even when it was stock no, originally, it, was it wasn't great. Yeah. So you can, you can kind of just yeah. do it all in one fell swoop. You certainly have my gears turning, whether it's the braking system, whether it's the, uh, as I said, I have the five lug components already, so maybe right. we will have to uh, rethink that Go one. There. But, Go yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think the best way to um, engage with us in um, uh, conversation about doing a restoration or um, a performance upgrading is by um, email. So okay. if an email comes in, uh, info at twobennett.com, uh, I'm probably going to see it and um, uh, also, the right people are going to see it here. So that could be um, that could be a mild restoration. You know, maybe the car's just been um, not getting serviced properly by your technician, and you just need need some informed eyes to, to fix it right. Or it could be something that's really a bigger a bigger build out on a car that you know maybe mean, is meaningful to you and your family, and you just want to yeah. you just want to get it back to to its its original glory and maybe even better uh so w when we see those emails th they really don't go overlooked they, uh, we'll be able to respond and engage some dialogue about how to how to get you to your goals okay yeah. kind of like your uh, more of the suspension is the microcosm right you can do tailored to whatever that person's specific needs are the car's challenges and everything else so yeah, and from a restoration standpoint. Reaching out is, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, it's just, critical. Yep, by, by email. Okay. Um, phone is 
tends to leave things uh, without much of a paper trail. So right. if the email comes in, then we, we're able to like, capture that and make sure that you get a you get a responsible response yeah. uh, to uh, to try to move the project forward. Very cool. And we can arrange, as we do often, uh, you know, shipping logistics and uh, um, just helping through with getting some basic questions answered to make somebody feel a little more at ease on, right. you know, how to how to really proceed with something that might not be as big of a deal as as uh, as a uh, Audi owner might think. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. I know. So especially coming back from Monterey and everything else, I'm sure you're a bit jammed and just trying to get caught up. So I, well, I, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming by. Thank yeah. you. Good catching up. Yeah.